I'm delighted to welcome to the show today Maria Morrissey, who is the author of an upcoming book called The Grateful, no, it's called The Grieving Grateful Widow. So welcome, Maria, to, to the show today. Thank you, Elaine. I'm really pleased to be here with you this morning. So that's an unusual title, isn't it? Grieving widows aren't normally grateful. Um, and I know from our speaking um, before this recording that you've got a, an amazing story to share. And um, a lot of people that I know have written books, uh, myself included, um, it's quite a cathartic process. It kind of helps you to deal with the situation. Yeah. So tell us a, a bit about um, what led up to writing the book. Maria? So um, I had been married for just over a year um, to what I thought was the man of my dreams and just after a year he was actually diagnosed with stage four cancer and um, literally eight months after the diagnosis um, he'd gone really downhill and he passed away within eight months so at the age of 38 uh, becoming a widow was not what I was expecting, obviously, um, and I was heartbroken at the time. Um, but it was within a few days, really, that I started realising that the beloved husband, the man I was married to, was not uh, who I thought he was. And it actually was a very, very dark tale, to say the least, which is uh, why I had to do this book to warn other people who may have been in a similar situation, they might be in that now, they might go into that. So it's to, to help people understand how abusers work, how psychopaths work, how psychological warfare works. Um, I know I'm going to be intrigued on, on your story, Maria, because I've, I've heard bits of it already. And um, it's heartbreaking, heart-wrenching, um, it's jaw-dropping uh, and everything in between. When are you planning to publish the book? So I had a chat with my editor. Um, I don't know if I'm okay to give my editor's company a shout out or not, Elaine. Entirely up to you. Yeah. To uh, help everybody. Collaboration is the word, these <laughs> competition. Yeah, so my editor is called Cathy and her business is Dagger and Kill. And she's an editor and a ghostwriter. So I've had a conversation with her. And we are looking at a release date for May now as the very latest. So it may be a bit sooner, but I will keep you updated. But May at the very latest. That's May, May 2021. It is, yes. Not long to go. Cool. OK. So I'm getting a bit of feedback um, on the recording. So if you if you just lean back a bit, that's it. And hopefully that will that will go away. Um, yeah. So tell us a bit about your background, Maria. Before you, before you married um, the man of your dreams, as you thought? So I had um, always been very independent. I did have a history of abusive relationships in the past, um, which my husband was aware of. Knowing now what I know, I think that he used the information that I gave him to um, invent himself into this man of my dreams. He was the absolute opposite of any of the other abusers I've ever come across in my life. Um, and I think he'd moulded himself, if you like, into what I wanted. So he was so far removed from anybody I'd ever met before. So hence thinking that he was so special, such a, a good person. Um, so I think 
with myself, I thought I would have seen the warning signs. This would not have been something that I'd have been tricked with at all because I'd already had that past experience with, with abusive men. So when, um, tell us a bit about your, the work that you were doing um, prior to your marriage. So at, um, at the point when I was with my husband, I actually worked with him and we worked um, in a training uh, company. It was his training company and we would teach mental health staff um, on how to safely restrain uh, patients, how to use breakaway techniques, uh, teach them a little bit about the law, reasonable force, uh, which is everything that the police have to use, we have to use in everyday life, and also teaching mandatory training. So the healthcare staff, including basic life support, safeguarding adults, safeguarding children, and so on. Um, but before that, I'd had lots of different jobs over the years. I had had 10 years in estate agent. Um, my first office job when I was younger was working um, for social services. So I've done lots of different things over the time, but whilst with him, um, I sort of threw myself into the business. So was it his business that he had running before you met him and you joined the business? Yes, so he'd not had it up and running that long when we first got together, but it grew very, very quickly, very successfully. So had you already been in this field of understanding mental health and well-being? Um, a little bit because I have done um, a lot of voluntary work. So I've worked with um, a lot of victims, um, victims of abuse through um, many different uh, voluntary jobs. So I did have a good understanding um, of mental health, uh, the issues that are caused. Um, a lot of people that have circumstantial mental health, it's not because they were born with mental health. It's because of the abuse that they've suffered at the hands of somebody else and um, that leaves them with, you know, such things as depression, PTSD, which I myself um, have at the moment, PTSD and reactive depression. So, so from what you mentioned earlier on, that he kind of manipulated himself, moulded himself into the man of your dreams. Um, yes. The, the whole thing was a game, wasn't it? Definitely. Yes, a very, a very, very clever one. Um, if I may, I've got the foreword from the book, if I could re read you that, give you a little Please. bit of an idea. Please do, yes, great idea. Okay, um, so in the book, um, the character that plays myself is called Julia, and the person that um, we call as my husband is called Rob in the book. So the foreword, if you ever think that you have met the man of your dreams, at the risk of sounding like a cynic, I would advise you to read these few words of advice. Before mapping out your whole life with someone, they may, may just save you from years, maybe a lifetime of suffering or worse. Has this man completely swept you off your feet at the speed of light? In a short space of time, do you feel like he is the one? Does he like all of the same things as you? Does he have the same views and opinions as you? Is he more romantic than any man you've ever met before? Does this whirlwind romance make you feel as though you are the playing the lead in one of your favourite rom-coms? Does he turn up on an ounce early in the morning or late at night because he just had to see you, even if it's just five minutes? You cannot believe that someone out there could be so compatible to you. 
they are the male version of you. This is the kind of love you see in the movies. This man is just too good to be true. You have to keep pinching yourself. Well, please do, sooner than later. Surely these would be wonderful points, right? Wrong. If this was once in a lifetime holiday deal, alone with unreal interest rates, the first thing you would be is suspicious. You would be saying immediately that if it's too good to be true, well, then unfortunately it usually is. Please don't misunderstand me. There are such things as whirlwind romances at the beginning, but if you take most of the other items on that list, I would be more than wary. The truth is we do not live in the movies and it is rare that our lives pan out like one, unless we are talking about a dark psychological thriller, which in my case would be quite fitting. Maybe we should be asking if this person is actually obsessed with us and that is why they turn up at strange times, just to see us. Ask yourself, is it normal to find a partner who not only likes all the same things, TV programmes, films, music and so on, but to have all the same views and morals as you? I suppose it would be nice to come across, but really, how likely would that be? You feel like when you look at Mr. Wright, it is like looking straight into the mirror. Well, maybe you are. Maybe you are being mirrored and in actual fact, you're falling in love with yourself. Have you ever heard of love bombing? It is a term used for people such as psychopaths who go out of their way to show love. Their gestures of love are way over the top, unreal. That is because the emotions are not real. Particularly for a psychopath, they mimic those emotions, thus sometimes going too far without realising it. If I had read a book like this five years ago, who knows where I would be and what I'd be doing right now. For one, I would not have been writing this book. Warning bells in our mind, our sixth sense, that gut feeling, however you want to describe it, is our self-defence weapon to protect us from the monsters in this world. Unfortunately for me, my alarm system I now know was damaged at a young age. Therefore, never did its job correctly. With amazing support of some absolutely wonderful people, I am learning bit by bit, day by day, how to override the system and sharpen my senses, and to them, I shall forever be in their debt. For anyone just starting out on a similar road to the one I travelled, or for future reference, this is my gift to you. Please use it wisely. Not everyone is as extremely lucky as I am to live to tell the depraved tale. So Maria, that's um, that's quite that's quite a forward, isn't it? So um, I don't know where to start really. You mentioned, um, let me get my notes. Um, you mentioned about um, your intuition, um, your gut feeling, and so on, and the fact that you were damaged. You've yeah. you now recognised that your intuition, your alarm system, as I think you called it, was was damaged at an early age. Yeah. So how 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 have you put that piece together? How how, how do you recognise that now? So I think really it was um, starting trauma therapy that has helped um, because when you do any kind of therapy, as you're probably aware, you go right to the beginning of where your life started. How did we, we, we start behaving the way we did? Um, and my own father um, is a psychopath. And as were many people are aware, that the first seven years of your life, you're basically hypnotised mm -hmm. and everything you learn is learnt for life in those in those seven years. So because I'd been uh, around a, a psychopath in those first seven important years, I realised that now I realised that I was comfortable in the company of psychopaths. So most people would sit with a psychopath, see things, hear things and say, 
that doesn't sound right. There's something not right. Mm-hmm. Whereas me, I was so comfortable with psychopaths that they could probably say anything to me and things that would alarm other people, quite comfortable with. So I did have gut feelings about certain things through um, throughout the relationship. However, with the gaslighting and, and so on, I was put in a position that if I ever questioned anything and thought it wasn't right, uh, my husband was extremely clever. So he would actually put it back on me because he knew my history and say that I was paranoid because of the abusive men in the past. Um, everything was in my head. And he would even go as far as to call me an abuser, that I was abusing him and that he was too frightened to talk to me because I wouldn't believe anything and I'd interrogate. Um, and it got to a point that I just didn't argue anything. I would think that doesn't sound right. That sounds a bit strange. But also, not only did he talk me round, he also had a way of showing you evidence that made you look quite stupid and made you think, well, he's proved me wrong yet again. So it is in my head. And five years of that is uh, very tough because you, you do, you get in that, that, that um, habit of, of being shut down, being quiet and going along with everything. So you mentioned five, five years of that. So you were with him a few years before you married then? Yes, yes. But I'd actually known him for about nine, ten years before. And when I say know him, I obviously didn't know him that well, but I knew him to see him at parties. He was a friend of the family. Um, I, I've, I'd been speaking to him for, for nine plus years. Um, but I do believe the day I met him was the day that he actually chose me. And he, even though it was nine years before we got together, I believe that he'd done a lot of looking into me for those nine years and that I was targeted from that day. Mm. It's, it's interesting, isn't it? As, as we go through life, we see, these, we see these dots, but we don't join them until later on. And it's often as a result of somebody being hurt, injured, even death, that we yes. then kind of reflect and work out you know, what, what was going on. And it's, and it's quite a shock, isn't it, when you realise that you've been the victim because it has it ha- happened to me as well. Um, yeah. It's amazing when, when I interview people, things that have happened to me crop up, which I've completely forgotten about. Um, yeah. It's not the right place to go into it now, but it's, it's just um, reminded me of certain things that happened um, to me over the years. Um, it's very brave of you to share your story, Maria. And um, I know um, that the what we're seeing on the screen isn't isn't the real you and you've, you've gone to, to lengths to um, disguise who you are because I understand that some of the people that you mentioned in the book are, are are around today still and you don't want to upset them yes um so there's certain family members that most of my family are quite happy for this book but there's certain ones that say oh my god if she puts this book out is is, is everybody going to know and that's my family and some people don't want me to tell my story some people, yes, are still living. Um, everything in my book is true. So as far as legal cases would go, if somebody wanted to do that, it wouldn't be an issue. But I don't see the point in putting family members through things um, and the people I speak about. I would rather not have the hassle of people coming and wanting legal fights with me. So at the end of the day, the facts are there. However, names, places and so on are changed to protect everybody's um, identity. Which is which is eminently sensible. Um, but it's a balance though, isn't it? Because if people like you 
who've had these awful experiences don't speak out, then how is anybody going to learn about it? You know, if everybody kind of succumbs and, and you know, keeps quiet and so on. So um, I take my hat off to you, um, Maria, for being so brave. So, so you've mentioned the love bombing, you've mentioned the gaslighting, which is yeah. where the narcissistic psychopathic behaviour that puts everything on you and you start doubting yourself and um, yeah. it, it, you lose who you are. And But in your case, it sounds as though you weren't sure who you are in the first place because of the, the way you were groomed, as it were, really, un unbeknownst. Yeah. Yeah. So, so is your father still alive? Um, as far as I'm aware, um, he is. But I'm waiting for that call. As horrible as it sounds, I am waiting for the call of one day that um, I'll get some good news and be told that he's not. As mm. awful as that sounds, he's a very evil man. And the last conversation I ever had with my father was, please let somebody know when you have passed away and let me know where you're buried so I can dance on your grave. And that was the last <laughs> words I said. Sounds harsh. But if you knew what my father was capable of, you, you'd totally understand that. So, Maria, um, the title of your book, The Grieving Grateful Widow, why are you grateful? Um, I'm grateful that my husband passed away. I'm grateful that um, I'm still alive because I don't believe that had my husband still been alive now, I think there's a really high chance I would not have been alive. Um, I found out that my husband was an extremely dangerous man and after speaking to a friend of mine who's a mental health nurse, he actually asked me what I thought my husband was. And I struggled um, to uh, identify whether he was a psychopath or a sociopath. And my mental health friend said to me, Maria, um, you're nearly right. He was all three, a psychopath, a sociopath and a narciss uh, narcissist. And what he said to me was, you've been living in a shark's tank for five years. He said, 99% of these people with those disorders have actually killed somebody. And I think it's possible your husband would have killed somebody already. And I think if you'd have found out and were going to reveal him for some of the things that, that he'd done, I think you definitely would have been next. So what did the police say have, or have, have you gone to the police are, are the police aware of, of these things that have come out since his his death yeah the police attitude was not very good um when i first made a report it was to tell them about um police ids that i'd found um with my husband's photograph in proper police badges um and also um weapons now, at the time, my husband said, oh, I collect knives. I like, you know, how, like, like ornaments, if you like. But he had a samurai sword and he had um, some knives that I was aware of, but I also found knives that I wasn't aware of. Um, so the police turned up. I'll never forget, it was an Easter Sunday. I'd been waiting up on Saturday night for them. They didn't arrive. And they turned up on Easter Sunday, um, like they were raiding me and said, where's the weapons? Where's the weapons? And marched into my house as if someone was going to jump out with all these weapons. And I said, calm down. I said, I've got them for you. It's, it's me that's reported it. Um, the whole attitude of the police and the CID um, was, he's dead. We can't do anything about it. My point was, I thought my husband was involved in very dark things. Um, I have a lot of proof 
that tells me he was involved in very dark things and I begged them, please take his devices, please check them. There could be people living who are involved and you need to look at these. They told me that they didn't have enough evidence to break uh, data protection on my husband. Um, and even though he died, data protection um, was still valid. I told them, well, I own this property now, it's mine and I'm giving you permission. However, they said no. They told me I could look into things. However, I've not got the resources. I'm not that technical that I would be able to find things that were hidden. I did find enough to give me enough answers, but I believe the police may have found other people connected in certain, certain crimes. However, they, they, weren't, they weren't happy to do that. They weren't happy to go and speak to people that I'd had proof of things they'd done to them because they didn't want to stir up bad feeling and ruin other people's lives and turn up at the doorstep. But there were things that were given to the police and told to the police that really did need looking at at the time. You've mentioned psychopath, narcissist and sociopath. Yes. Um, none of those words are uh, describe people that anybody would want to associate with. But I'm not sure 100% if I understand the difference between all of those. Um, okay. can, can you expand on any of those? Yeah, um, so I made some notes because I believe at the moment um, we're in a situation where I, I've been in a situation where individually I was put under psychological where, war, warfare by one person. I believe now with everything that's going on with COVID that we are all under psychological warfare but on a global scale, and we're all being domestically abused on a global scale. Um, so what I'll say now, um, it associates with my husband, but it also associates with the people in power right now in the governments that we're seeing. So um, psychopaths are unable to show empathy. They have no real feelings, often mimic the feelings of others so that they can exist in society. Psychopaths are usually in very high up jobs. You will find, um, the highest person in a bank may be a psychopath. Uh, top surgeons may be a psychopath. Politicians who are high up a psychopath because they get to the top by climbing over everybody, standing on everybody's heads without any feeling whatsoever. They don't care. Um, a narcissist um, is a personality disorder. So a person has an inflated ego, a sense of grandeur. They feel better than everybody else. Um, and a sociopath is um, an antisocial personality disorder. So they can't understand the feelings of others. So this is why they do what they do without any thought for anybody because they, they don't care. They don't understand other people's feelings. And they're often uh, rule breakers, which in my husband's case, uh, he was a constant, constant rule breaker. Not that I realized at the time. Um, but what I have done, Elaine, if, if, you, if you, we've got time, I have actually made a list of signs of domestic abuse on an individual level. And I've also um, got some notes of how the government are doing that for us at the moment to show people um, that this can happen on a global scale like it is, and obviously on an individual scale. Absolutely. I think um, listeners will be very interested to hear that. So, so uh, tell us what you've got, Maria. Okay, so the first one, and I know I did mention it in my foreword of my book, is love bombing. So sweeping the person off the feet, over the top gestures of love, romantic to the point of feeling unreal and movie-like, 
once the person is intoxicated with love, they retreat so that the person suddenly feels unloved and worthless until they get to the point where they're about to walk away. Then the love bombing starts again, in addition to false promises, and the cycle continues, such as a cat and mouse scenario. So link that in with what our governments have been doing. Um, so obviously I'm talking about the UK, but we know this is global. So our government in March 2020 informed us of a lockdown. They were concerned about our health. They cared so much about us, they had to do the unimaginable and lock down the whole country, keep us safe. Our government cares so much that they said our lives have to come before money. When the public was starting to get fed up of this and wanted to get back to normality, that is when we started seeing the carrots being dangled. And that's where the word just comes in. Just three weeks, just a couple more months, just Christmas. Now we've got just have a jab, just do it, just have it. Um, gaslighting, we mentioned that as well. Um, and this is behaving uh, in with relation to my book, it was um, behaving in such a way to make Julia suspicious uh, about her husband. But when she questioned him, he would tell her that he was in her head and that she was paranoid and damaged from previous abusive relationships, causing arguments, but blaming them on Julia. And when he had his say, he'd cut her off and refuse to discuss anything further until Julia would eventually back down and give in and apologize. What are the government doing? They're telling people that it is bad for healthy, uh, it's bad for healthy people to wear masks. That's what we were told originally. But then we're all told we have to wear masks. Now, we've been told how bad it is for us. We've never been given any further evidence to say, okay, this is the new evidence now. You know, Professor whatever he is, JVT, he, he delighted in a big story about his friend who had done a 15-year study, this expert, about how masks on healthy people was bad for us. They've never come back now and said, we have new evidence. Here it is. Here's why it's good for you to wear it. They've just done a complete U-turn, obviously because of money. PPE makes money. Uh, and said, right, you wear them now. Also, the changing of the tiers and the rules constantly to cause confusion. Showing false reports in the news of super spreaders. So when we saw uh, BLT, uh, Black Lives Matter, sorry, uh, protests, people were saying, oh, they're super spreaders. And just to remind people, our cases never went up when we had all of those protests of thousands of people. The police weren't wearing masks and either were the public. There was no change in cases. Um, changing the rules, um, showing us the rule breakers so we can learn to hate others and place uh, blame on the wrong people. They also want us to go for tests if you have no symptoms and act like you have it. So that is a lot of gaslighting uh, going on there. Um, in all abuse situations, we have fear. So in Julia's case, she didn't want her husband um, to do anything terrible to her. He would convince her that if we don't do things a certain way, something terrible would happen and that it was in her best interest to follow the rules. The government, we've got witty, actually saying, if you leave your house, people will die. We've had Hancock saying, hugging granny will kill her. Breaking rules will kill your loved ones. This is a deadly disease. Then we've got guilt tripping. 
So in Julia's case, uh, a husband will convince Julia that he was always on edge and afraid to talk as he was in fear of being interrogated, not believed and micromanaged, that she was punishing him for the evil that her previous partners had done. Government, well, we've got false media reports, hospitals overwhelmed, false figures on cases and deaths, emotive adverts, look into their eyes. If people want to actually have a look on the government website, you can look closely and I will send you the link, uh, Elaine, if uh, you do want to put it up. There is a link to the government website that actually describes the fear campaign that they are instilling on us. And the wording in there was something like the public are not in fear enough of this virus. We weren't scared enough. So they've got an action plan, how to scare us more. And funnily enough, what was mentioned on there was using emotive adverts. And that is when we started seeing, look into their eyes with the crisis actors, look into their eyes. Uh, brainwashing and subliminal messaging. So Julia had that every day. She was told the same information over and over, day in, day out, until she has nothing else to, to listen to other than that one narrative. As we know with our government, uh, false news reports, hospitals overwhelmed, constant reporting on nothing but COVID, masks, signs everywhere you go, matrix signs on the motorway, stay at home, save lives, protect the NHS, adverts in between your favourite programmes, messages at the top of the screen during your shows saying stay at home. Uh, isolation, so on an individual basis, but for Maria, she was isolated from friends and family, uh, sorry, Julia, from friends and family. If Julia had no one to confide in, she would be unable to ask the opinion of others regarding her husband, therefore only ever being given his version of events. What are the government doing? Limiting who you see, how many people you see and where you can see them. For months, no meeting anyone indoors. At one point, people who lived alone saw no one for the first three months. I was one of those people. I saw nobody for three months other than the odd person walking the dog on a field. Uh, and lastly, uh, financial abuse and control. All abusers use this. Uh, Julia was in that situation. Although she worked, Rob managed all the money. Therefore, Julia was reliant on him for anything and everything. Shopping, bills, vehicles, whether she could go somewhere. Did she have access to money that day to go somewhere? What are the government doing? They've closed businesses. The people can't earn their own living. They only have government support to rely on. They want you to use your cards rather than cash so that there's a trace of where you have been and what you have spent your money on. Furlough, bribery to stay home, paying people to undertake trials, and they also pay you to stay off sick with uh, no, no symptoms. A um, couple of other things, you've got cyber attacks, well, Julia was cyber attacked, she had a bank account hacked, she had emails hacked, she had a social media hacked and she had trackers installed on her phone. Government censorship on social media, messages and posts monitored by social media platforms and even the BBC admitted that they monitor posts about COVID-19. You've got fact checking and removing information, banning doctors and experts from speaking out contacting the public via email and social media to warn of the dangers of COVID. This leads to 24-7 monitoring of the individual, something Julia had on an individual level, but something we've got. 
with on a global level. So we're now being watched on social media. Medical data is being given to third party companies, including the council, and we are introducing 5G facial recognition. So we are becoming communist China. And last but not least, I just want to say every part of the abuse that Julia suffered was wrapped in a warm and caring embrace. Everything was for the good of Julia. What do our government say? We're told every day of how our compliance is necessary and that we are doing this for the health of the population. They're just taking care of us. We're all in it together. It's remarkable. Thank you for that, uh, Maria. It's it's remarkable how language features in in our everyday life without realizing the word you mentioned. The word just, just this, just that, just a bit more, yeah. just do this. You know, in a nicely, nicely, sickly sweet uh, sort of roundup way. And um, it's just so easy for people to be taken in without realizing. And then once they're in. Um, I was listening to Dr. Charlie Ward recently, and he was—he often says this: that um, it's easy to con people, but it's not so easy to explain to people that they have been conned. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, the pride, the ego, and it's embarrassing. And I think that's why a lot of people don't speak up about um, information that would help other people. Um, you know, we have lots of rape victims. Uh, speaking up once one person speaks up then others then have courage to speak up and so on and so forth um yeah. jimmy savile and um, the fact that your husband um is no longer here jimmy savile was no longer here and all of the cases with him um that have since come out so do you do you think that there's a parallel there with with your husband and, and jimmy savile and the police and and what's what's kind of more what's not said as opposed to what has been said you think yeah probably um i do think as well the police are overstretched the funding is cut all the time um and i do think that their attitude with my husband was he said he can't do anything to anyone else never mind you know um what's gone on in the past he's gone however i did speak to a cid detective um because there is um the, the, there is um, a suspicion that my husband possibly killed somebody um, now. So apologies for that uh, that break there. So, so um, Maria, you were saying that there's possibility that your husband has done something really, really terrible. Yes, um, from things I've been told um, from other people um, that had been in his life, people I met up with after my husband passed away. Um, I am strongly in the belief that my husband uh, has murdered somebody. Um, this is why, and it says um, on the back of my book, on the blurb, it does actually say um, that Julia hid his toothbrush in a bag in the safe in her home, just in case. And that is completely true. I have my husband's toothbrush in a bag in my safe because I do believe at some point bodies may show up and I want that DNA evidence. Um, the, when I spoke to the, the, the man in CID and told him certain things, he was saying, wow, why would he do this? And why would he do that? Wow, that's really strange. And I was saying exactly what I am telling you. Um, and he said, oh, well, it's all strange, but we've got no evidence, got no evidence. And I said, that's fine. I said, however, I do believe one day you and I will speak again. 
I said, maybe when the bodies turn up. And we, we both sort of did a bit of a nervous laugh. And it was kind of like we both knew there was a strong possibility of that. Mm. Well, given that this recording is going out, um, I used to be in the police for a short while. My dad was a police inspector. Um, yeah. My dad was invited to be a member of the Masons, which my mum told me after my dad died in 1976. So I'm going back a long, long time now. And I never really knew my dad as, a, as an adult. I was 19 when he died. Um, but I know my dad was an honourable man. And I thank heavens that he declined to be a member of the Masons, because I think there's an awful lot uh, of stories that have come out in the press. And we know the press manipulate things you know, grossly. Um, but I think a lot of the information that comes out um, or, 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 or even the other way around gets swept under the carpet is because people at high level, you mentioned, you know, the, the psychopathic behaviour of some individuals. Um, it's possible that you're, oh, the cat's another cat in the past now. <laughs> We've got rescue cats here and, uh, and that's Martha. Um, it's, it's possible that maybe your husband was known to them and... and you know they, they know more than they're, they're letting on so I do I do hope you are being extremely careful about your own safety Maria because you know we do hear some terrible terrible stories and um the toothbrush um I think um although you're saying it's in the safe I'm sure it's not in the safe in your home because um, I suspect it, it's somewhere else but uh, good for you for you know that um and uh, putting, putting the scent uh, somewhere else so, um, so what would be your your suggestion for people? Obviously, read the book because there's lots more in it when it comes out um, in a few months' time. But um, what can people do now? Well, you know, obviously, I suspect this conversation has got some people worried, um, and I'll need to put you know spoiler alert at the beginning and um, before before we publish this. Um, yeah. But what would you recommend for people to do, perhaps who recognise themselves and also the way that the government or, or governments worldwide, not just the UK, but worldwide are, are, are treating people? What, what, what do people do? I would ask people to go back to basics, go back to their own intelligence, their own common sense, look at the information that they've been given. Um, when I talk to people about this situation at the moment, I have people who are on the same page as me and we do a, a lot um, to, to try and uncover this and, and show as many people as possible. However, you get people that keep saying, no, that would never happen. That would never happen. I'm finding that many, many abuse victims were onto this government abuse from day one. Why? Because they've seen it before. They've seen all those tactics that I mentioned earlier. I've spoken to many mental health nurses recently and they say, thank goodness you walked in here and you have the same attitude. It's a breath of fresh air because they know how psychopaths work. They've been trained to look at that. So people who've been in abuse can see the signs and, and they're waking up quicker. But, but people who are in this denial, I understand that this is a scary, scary situation. And maybe they think it's easier to be scared of a killer virus than think of the actual evil in the world and look at what is going on and why. Um, to go back to basics, go to your common sense, go back to what the government said to you at the beginning, take their words and use them against them. This is all in plain sight. I can give you so many things that come directly from the government, things that come from the World Economic Forum. 
they're not hiding this. They're actually taking the mickey out of us now. They're actually just in plain sight saying, we can tell them this, we can show them that. And you know what? They're that stupid. They'll still listen to us, even though we've been proven to lie. They'll still listen. We've got Matt Hancock. You know, he's been uh, found guilty by a judge. He's giving all these contracts to his friends. You know, this is our money. We're paying tax in this country. Why on earth are we not having any say in anything? If you look back over a year ago, the likes of Matt Hancock would have been sacked on the spot. It would have been a big scandal. It'd have been gone. Pretty Patel, she's just spent £340,000 paying somebody off because she was bullying them, bullying colleagues, bullying people high up in uh, Parliament. Again, would we have accepted this and said, oh, it's all right, she was bullying them, but she's paid them £340,000, leave her in her job. No, she's now in a job and she is showing us every day, I'm going to bully the whole country. And she is a bully. She's condescending the way she speaks, but she is a bully. Um, again, that would have been a scandal. She'd have been gone. Everybody's standards have gone so low. We're accepting of anything and everything. And this isn't people's fault. They've been drip fed this, this information over a year, a, a big campaign. I was taken in by one person. So I can totally understand when it is a whole world government and it is coming from all sides. But look at look at what they said at the beginning look at what they're saying now look on the world economic forum look up um you will own nothing and you will be happy look at that look at that and look at what's happening now where all these businesses over 240,000 businesses will never return look at that look at the plan that they've told you in plain sight look at what's happening there's only so long people can call us conspiracy theorists now they want to be calling us clairvoyants, mediums, psychics, because what we've said, woe and betide, is happening. I told my own mother in January, mother, we are never coming out of lockdown, ever. The government will not release us. They have done this. They've got us in so far. We're never coming out. She said, Maria, we'll be out of, be out of this in a couple of months. They've told us it's just, that word, just a couple more months. I said, mother... I tell you now, they're already mentioning autumn. She said, no, we'll definitely be out in summer. I said, no, they've mentioned autumn. What are we hearing now? Prepare for a difficult autumn and a hard winter. We're just coming out of the blooming hard winter, but you're telling us to prepare for the next one. You're telling us you're going to, um, you're going to start releasing restrictions. We're going, to, we're going to take them all away. In June, we're going to have no restrictions, no masks, no social distancing. Does that fit with what's happening right now? Now children have to wear masks to school. They're amping this up. We're going the other way. Mask to school. Don't just wear one mask, wear two masks. Does that look like someone who is slowly releasing the restrictions? No, we're going the total other way. We are never coming out. So I finally have got through to my mother now, now that they're talking about autumn again. And we know that Boris um, has already started becoming uh, unpopular within cabinet because he's now looking at how we extend lockdown for another six months from Easter. And I think it's something like the 25th of March. That has to be decided. We're either getting an extension or we're not. What does that tell you? Cases are supposedly coming down. You know, originally it was just, let's just get 
the elderly and the vulnerable vaccinated, then you can all go about your lives. Now it's just get the whole, whole world vaccinated and we can go about our lives. This all seems completely ridiculous, doesn't it, Maria, when you look back and see what's happening and also the fact that um, the World Health Organization and governments around the world stated that in March last year, I think it was about the 20th or something of March last year, that um, COVID was nothing more than, than a flu. It's not deadly, apart from yeah. a few people. And, and as you said before, you know, common sense, common sense has gone out of the window. Um, yeah. And I don't think, um, I'm in my 60s now, and I was brought up on common sense, thank heavens. Yeah. But common sense just seems to be have been bred out of people. That the education system, you know, you, you can't say anything these days for fear of offending somebody about something. You know, I get lots and lots of jokes sent to me from people my age that I couldn't possibly even show some people today. Never mind, you know, laugh out loud at them in public because it, the humour has so changed because we've been told you can't do this, you can't do that, you know, and so on and so forth. So the, the world is a, definitely, it's, it's, a, it's a different, difficult place um, for many people. And for people like us who uh, eventually, you know, uh, get the, the strength to speak out in whatever ways we do, um, we get arrows and, you know, slings and arrows and, and all the rest of it. So. Um, I've taken a break from social media. I've been banned from Facebook several times. Um, so I'm You're obviously telling the truth then. <laughs> well, exactly. Um, it's like it's a badge. It's a badge of honour, though, isn't it? Because yeah. um, why would anybody want to silence me if I was if I was um, not speaking the truth? You know, because they don't want to hear what's what's out there. But it's a yeah. very difficult time um, for lots of people. And Again, I'm really grateful for the work that I do. Um, I've done a lot of voluntary work and still continue with students and helping young people to understand what their personality styles are as soon as possible, because in that way you can manage yourself better. So in my case, I've got a very strong, resilient personality and I'm yeah. not everybody's cup of tea, um, which I accept and take responsibility for, but I am who I am. And my personality style and my strength has saved my life. So I'm not going to, you know, that's, I'm not going to um, apologise for that. No. So it is possible that some strong personality styles do come over as being bullying. Yeah. That's why I want young people to understand how a strong personality needs to be more mindful of the way they're perceived by other people and yeah. manage the behaviour. So we're all different. We've all got strengths. We've all got limitations. But when we understand who we are, and how we can then use our strengths to help the world, help each other, help ourselves, etc. Then we're all going to be, you know, a lot happier and healthier, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, yeah. But when you're in an environment as you were as a child, where, as, as you rightly say, up to the age of seven, the Jesuits have a saying: "Give me the, give me the boy till he's seven, and I'll give you the man." So, yeah. as you as you said, in the first seven years, that's when we're moulded, manipulated, whatever, and that's where a lot of the psychotherapy work goes back to early childhood because that's where our imprint is is yeah. seen, isn't it so so your 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 book the grieving grateful widow comes out um around about may 2021 i really look forward to reading it although um i'm it will be like when I used to watch Doctor Who and the dialects when I was a child. I'd go behind the sofa and, and kind of peek out because I want to see it, but I don't want to see it. It's that kind of thing. But hey, you sounded like Boris then. <laughs> want to see it? Don't want to see it. 
<laughs> well, is it Boris? I mean, there's lots of um, rumour mm. out there that a lot of these people who, who are, do, are doing this terrible behaviour all over the world have actually already been taken out and we're seeing body, body doubles, clones, you know, CGI, yeah. whatever, because with the mainstream media, we only see what they want us to see and they're all part and parcel of it. So yeah, it be a while before um, things settle down. But I'm, I am a great believer. I'm, I'm listening to lots of positive stuff going on. And behind the scenes, I think there's going to be a lot happen in the next year or so. I'm hoping in the next few weeks that we're going to see some light at the end of the tunnel. And talking of tunnels, that's another conversation <laughs> for another time. Um, and people don't realise what's been going on in the, in the tunnels underneath the whole world. And I think yeah. they'll be absolutely sickened and horrified. And I think until they appreciate what's been going on with the children, I think that's going to be the wake up thing. The children will bring us all together. Um, yes. let's just hope it happens sooner rather than later and people will be aware of the, the sickening things that are going on so thank you so much Maria for sharing your story and um, giving us a preview of what's in your book and also the very helpful way that you've linked it to what's happening in the world today because one person's story is magnified all over the world and yes. uh, let's hope that your book will will wake a lot of people up a lot of people yeah. need to wake up thank you Elaine thank you for having me and just on a last note I'd like to say I believe 100% I don't believe it I know it we are coming out of this in a good way I think cracks are showing and I think we're probably going to get good news around summertime um but please don't be depressed please don't look at the bad news things I spend my day putting out the good things we've got another win here we've got another win there don't look at the bad things where people say we've got no hope. It's all going downhill. Stay away from that. If you're spiritual like I am, keep your, your energy levels up. Stay positive. Absolutely. <laughs> really, really vital. So um, on a positive note, thank you very much, Maria Morrison. Very best of luck with your book. And um, I won't be able to give people your contact details because um, this is your um, pseudonym. Um, so we'll somehow or another when the book is out um i'll link um that to this this interview and people will be able to get hold of it but it's the great um, grateful widow and it will be out um very soon yeah there is a facebook page maria's got a facebook page i think i've sent uh, you a, a link for it so uh, okay. um, they can go on there for updates as well if you don't mind brilliant oh okay great idea great idea thank you very much maria take care oh thanks elaine nice to speak to you